Welcome to Transforming Your Conversations, a podcast about one of the most important yet overlooked part of professional life, conversations. We're helping leaders from different backgrounds improve their conversation skills at work, and in this episode, we're here to share our tips to help you with that. Don is the founder of Transform Your Conversations, or TYC for short, a boutique training company specializing in leadership conversations at the workplace. Emma is an associate consultant and coach with TYC, passionate about supporting aspiring and seasoned leaders in their conversational skills. So Dawn, it's just you and I today for our discussion and we have a really interesting topic today and I think it would be um, relevant to all of you listening and today we will be talking about the future of work. Really, it's, it's quite an interesting way of phrasing it because we call it the future of work but it really is now, it is the present and yourself, you've been involved in lots of discussion about the future of work the role leaders play, what leaders are learning in this time, for example, at the Bridgeham panel event. And we know that COVID-19 has challenged leaders to relook their business and build new strategies. So maybe let's start from the top. What are some challenges you've found out that leaders are going through now? Well, as you said, that COVID has changed everything. And the challenge for leaders in the conversations that they have with their teams is how to communicate with them. You know, the technology has enabled teams everywhere to work from home and to stay connected. I mean, there's a downside to that because people are always on, but clearly Teams and Zoom and Slack and WhatsApp have enabled people to communicate remotely. And that was something that they never really imagined was possible before COVID started. A lot of organizations were saying, we're going to move gradually towards a working from home policy. But really, COVID helped them to, to make that move almost immediately. And we saw pretty well every organization working from home. So the challenges as COVID has started to kick in was about how do you communicate and stay connected and build trust with teams that are remote, working remotely? I, I'm seeing from a lot of organizations that that's not an easy thing to do. Um, and a lot of it comes back to the leader's ability to have really meaningful, engaging conversations with their teams. You can imagine that people who are working from home, it's quite a lonely thing. I mean, it was a bit of a novelty to start with, but actually people are feeling weary now of working from home. And the, the key role that a leader plays in being curious, to really focus on an individual, to make them feel valued, that's a different shift. It wasn't that it wasn't important before, but clearly now what they need to do is to shift the conversation from 100% focus on the day job to being able to show a genuine interest in, in their people. So I've, I've seen that as a big shift. And of course, you need to develop the skills to do that. And some of the work that we do with TYC is to help them to manage those remote conversations and to make sure that they're engaging in both senses. And I believe you have done some training sessions with leaders, imparting this knowledge and this skill set to them. How, how has that experience mm. been? Is it easy to, to pick up? No, I, I don't think it is. I think it, it requires something we talked about in a previous podcast, which is to develop a coaching mindset, to be able to understand that talking less, listening more, showing a genuine interest in what people have got to say is a key thing. And helping leaders to understand how to shift their approach to that is, is really key. A point that you mentioned that's, that's really important because 
it's been almost a year, or for some places, over a year since going to lockdown and this feeling of weariness. It's it's real and it's it's varying really heavily on, on all of us. So where do you think the leaders themselves come in then when it comes to taking care of the, the mental well-being of mm. the whole team? It's a, it's a really interesting question because leaders were never expected to be experts in mental well-being. That was sort of something that was other people who were looking after that. But clearly, they are in the front line. They're seeing what's happening with their teams, this whole issue of weariness and a general tiredness from people who are working at home. A leader's got to be able to pick that up got to be able to spot when somebody in their team is not quite feeling themselves and they have to be able to talk about those issues so being able to start off a conversation by sharing what's going on how you're feeling showing a a genuine desire to bring well-being into the conversation is now clearly the leader's role to do that to be able to support their team uh, to pick up any issues that are emerging from individual team members or from a team as a whole, that clearly is something that they were not being expected necessarily to do before. So knowing how to deal with that, who are the people that can bring support because some of these issues are not necessarily easy to to resolve, but working with HR, making sure that some of the initiatives that we've seen in many organizations to make uh, working from home fun and enjoyable, providing things which make the day job more convivial. And we've seen lots of examples from quizzes, you know, gift boxes and from interactive exercises and team, just general team activity, all contribute to that. They're not necessarily all about the task and the project that we're dealing with, but they help to create a sense of of purpose. And I think that's, a, that's a, going to be an ongoing challenge in an environment where More and more we're seeing teams work regionally. We're seeing, even in the onboarding process, we're seeing that people have joined teams who've never met their boss. They've never been into the physical workspace. So being able to help team members to really have that sense of belonging and feel engaged and motivated and wanting to get up in the morning and come to work, that's a key objective for any leader today to make that happen. Right, and it seems that the role of the leader has actually expanded they also have to take on a little bit of their HR role, a bit of taking care of welfare and ensuring that everything. Mm-hmm. But in spite of that, there is also this aspect that I'm sure managers are very concerned about, and that is still team performance, and especially with teams that are now remote. It doesn't excuse the fact that team performance still has to be developed, it has to be managed. So how are leaders tackling this now then? So I, I think this comes down to a few simple things that, that leaders have to cover. They have to, first of all, they need to really understand what's going on with their team. They need to be curious about them. They need to understand what their team's strengths and weaknesses are. They really do have to get under the skin of what's going on in, in their team. But I think more than ever, they, they've got to be clear about expectations. What are we trying to achieve as a team? What exactly are the goals? What measures are we using to track team performance? And I think as a leader in a remote uh, situation during COVID, you've got to be able to let go. You can't micromanage or lead from the front in the way that you could potentially do before, but they have to be able to let go. And I think developing autonomy, leaving space for people to think things through, to develop 
a coaching mindset where actually people are free to act is a key part of managing remote teams. And that's not an easy thing for a manager to do, particularly if, if it's their style to, to lead from the front. So I think that's a, t- that's a tough challenge for, for leaders to do that. You've got to develop a sense of humility. I've heard a lot of stories from organizations where the manager has not, not discovered, but they, they, they've seen how people are in their home lives. They had no real idea about what was going on, but they're seeing people at home with their kids, with their pets, with their spouses, doing things in the home environment and vice versa. People are discovering that the leader has a, has a life. They're getting to know each other in a way which would never have been possible before. And I think that's something that people are saying when we eventually go back to normal working that they don't want to lose. Creating that personal bond with people is a really important element of engaging and motivating teams. So how are they going to do that? I can talk about what's happening in the in the workspace, but uh, I think that's a really important role for leaders to be able to create that personal space without overdoing it. Because at the end of the day, you've still got to deliver the results for, for the business. Yeah, exactly. But just this creation of this personal bond, I think it also goes a really long way in, in building trust. Because, you know, you, you know how... You, you understand more about that person, you know, as, as a whole person, really. And... When it comes to, like you mentioned, delegating work, giving autonomy, then it comes a lot more naturally because you, you've built this trust. You understand what's going on on their side. But it's a challenge, isn't it? Because since it's hybrid, since it's, it's remote working, you know, leaders and their team, they see each other a lot less. So there's this inclination to want to manage more. But at the same time, like you mentioned, it's a time for greater autonomy. How would you balance this then? Yeah, that's a tough one. Re-examining every aspect of their business. This is a key one. What we're seeing in some organizations as they start to return to, to work is that there are hybrid models that are emerging. There are some companies who said, we can manage our business with people working almost exclusively remotely. They're particularly tech companies. And we've heard a lot of stories about people being recruited remotely in all parts of the world, and they're making it work. The tech allows people to do that today. But you've got a huge swathe of organizations, particularly in Singapore, who are looking to return to work in a hybrid model. They've realized through working from home that we can do an enormous amount of productive work at home. And the workspace needs to be configured in a different way. The workspace will probably emerge to be a collaboration space. So people come into work for a couple of days, maybe to work together on team projects. But the prime aim of the workspace for those organizations in that middle part of hybrid working will be to create energy, to come in for collaboration. So the whole configuration of that workspace is going to have to change. The days of rows and rows of of desks where people come in and they look at a screen all day, they're probably over because we know that people can do that effectively from home. We're working with an organization that has said, you're free to do whatever suits you. But what we want you to do when we get back to normal is to come into the office for a couple of days and use that time in the office to collaborate. And they're facilitating that process. So it's a huge shift. It's a huge shift in the way that people are working. And then you've got other organizations who are saying, look, you know, as soon as we can get back to working as normal, we'll spend 90% of our time in the office. 
there's another portion of organizations that are doing that. But again, the role of the leader in facilitating that, this is not just something that comes from the top. Every leader needs to understand what people's needs are and to be able to facilitate that process of collaboration and working on projects in a different way to the way they did it before, that's a real challenge for them. And it will come back down to the conversations they have with their team and the coaching mindset that we're so keen on developing. You've got to be able to leave people space to do that. You need to be really clear about what you expect from them and let go. But it's a, it's a huge shift for a leader to be able to, to manage that dynamic. Yeah, because th th this has basically forced leaders to change their way of, of working with the team. And, and when it comes to cultural change, it's, it's always going to be huge and it's always going to be difficult. So maybe I'd like to pick up a little bit on uh, your point on how managers or, or leaders are now working differently with their teams because their role has, has changed from a more con control-driven to, to a more um, facilitative role. Mm. How, how do you see that panning out? Because I imagine it's not just the leaders who have to change themselves. The team also has to get on board and to get used to this new style. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've got to talk about it. You've got to be really clear. You can't just move into that style of working without explaining to people, why are we doing this? What exactly is it going to involve? How do we work together? And I think that's a collaborative process. You can't just impose that on a, on a team. So we're seeing that a lot of organizations are spending a huge amount of time on helping teams to emerge new ways of working together. You need to get buy-in for this. You can't just say to people, look, this is the way we're going to do it. So a lot of collaborative conversations, a lot of shared problem solving. You know, if you've got an issue that you need to resolve, it's not just saying, okay, I've got the answer. This is what we're going to do. Being able to involve people in that collaborative process of exploring an issue, finding out what the real challenge is, coming up with different options and then deciding the way forward. That's a classic example of how you can involve a team in a collaborative way in taking the business forward. Right. And have you observed any um, examples of companies that are really at the forefront of this cultural change? Yeah, yeah we've got a, a, a number of organizations who are very much focused on values. You know, the values which have sometimes been a bit hit and miss. There are organizations who really live and breathe their values every day. They're a strong driver for the DNA of who we are and what we do. We're seeing those organizations shift their focus to really be able to redefine who we are and how we behave and how we show up. That, that's been a focus for many organizations who really do want to shape the future of work. And one of our big clients has redefined their value set, focusing on empathy, being curious, being courageous. And to be able to make that shift, you can't just state the obvious and say you know here are the values and here are the behaviors that we expect people to uh, to adhere to you have to get people to take ownership for that and that's a collaborative process that comes through values workshops that comes through um, helping people to understand so what difference does that make if we really were to embody these values but clearly an organization with a very strong value set which is recognized and people know what it means and they feel comfortable in, in embodying those, that's going to be an organization that is going to really be a winning organization in the future of work. That, that will be my take on that. And, and do you see a lot of organizations that 
are interested in in this form of you know reshaping restructuring absolutely yeah the the restructuring of the of the business is clearly around people mm-hmm. we're hearing that so much that human capital being able to invest in your people developing their skills and that's the way forward for many organizations and we we're, we're seeing as well that to develop the ability of leaders to be more coach like in the way that they lead their teams is also a key so it's not just about emerging the values but it's also about developing a conversation culture a coaching mindset in an organization which is really going to make a big difference and and it really does seem that the norm now is to prepare as many people as possible for the changes that're going to come sure yeah sure. Sure. And and that's wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I think something else just picking up on a point you made earlier on that leaders need to have a much more inclusive approach to the way that they work with their teams. Everybody wants a voice. They don't always have it. We know that in some teams it's always the the, the vocal few who who drive the conversation. But I think it's a real skill to be able to facilitate discussion and debate and conversations where everybody has a voice. and this is particularly true in multicultural teams and it's even more important in remote teams where people are working virtually to be able to facilitate that but when when they do that successfully it's incredibly powerful that's something definitely that we've seen and i think that's a that's a great place to end off as well because we start with people we end with people and i think we can summarize our discussion today really before we before we can enact any change at all right we we look at the people that are involved and i think that is where the the leader's role is is the most prominent because it is now their job to look at the people that they are working with and then decide from there what are the needs what are the expectations what what are the areas of clarity that they need to give and then really going on from there according to the leader's own judgment i mean there is no hard and fast rule when it comes to tackling something as abstract and and as unknown as the future of work. Thank you, Don. We could we could talk forever on this, but uh, thank you for that. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today's episode. If you found it interesting, why not subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening? We post regular articles on our website and our LinkedIn to help you take your conversations to the next level. If you found it useful, please share this episode with a friend or family. They might thank you for it too. See you next time on Transforming Your Conversations.